This is Roots and Shoots, gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. And now, here she is, Sabrina Hull. Or should I say, here she will be very shortly. Uh, Sabrina, with us from our Bunbury studio today, and we're just getting some things set up. So Sabby will be with us very shortly. The number you'll need this hour until 10 o'clock to put your gardening questions forward, one three hundred triple two seven twenty on text as well, zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. And thanks to Rob at the Churchlands PNC for giving us a reminder. I'm sure Sabrina hasn't forgotten Rob, but the Churchlands PNC uh, Senior High School have their Good to Grow Garden Market next Saturday, the 9th of September. That's from 8am to 3pm. Heaps of stalls, talks and prizes. It's going to be big. So if you're in that area, I'd like to get along. I'm sure they'd love to see you. Good morning to you, Sabrina. How are you? Well, top of the morning to you, I'm young I'm sad guy. that I'm not seeing you in person. Ah, well, I'm down here in beautiful Bunbury. I know. What are you doing down there? It was a bit chilly, I have to say, on arrival. <laughs> What's it? It's a little well, bit nippy. Let's say you have just flown in from Bali. <laughs> so, you know, jet setter that you are, young lady. I know. How was well, Bali? Ah, it was miserable. Hated Terrible. every minute of Horrible. it. Horrible. Nary did I have a cocktail no. or a swim in the pool. A dry or week, anything. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And wasn't it some Very you know, reward for your workers or something? Allegedly, yeah. yeah I took oh, allegedly. I took I took the team. They were they were they they worked hard. They worked hard <laughs> <laughs> on their tans and yeah, that's uh, and, right and livers. Yes, exactly right. It was <laughs> like a health retreat, really, guys. <laughs> Which just goes to show how well you live when you're in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us go to Bali to, you know. Uh, yes, anyway, I know. You go there to dry out. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So I'm just so doing bunbury. a little talk. Yeah, doing a little talk. Um, chatting about um, microbes and minerals and those sorts of things. All about the soil. Brilliant. You know, it's my little passion. I do. Well, you have a few. That and head torches in the yeah, night time in the garden. That's very it's true. another one as well. Yeah. So I think I'll bring out my own range of head torches. <laughs> you should. <laughs> what would they have on them, do you think? Well, for a start, they wouldn't be black. No. Because that's fairly boring. Yes. I'd like them sort of in camouflage type stuff or perhaps with a couple of diamantes just on the top. Ah. Um, uh, make them a little bit more, you know, we could have them so that they suit the dress that you're in. Okay. Do they come with a free chainsaw? You'd love them as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because that frightens no, all no, the no, things No, 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 you wouldn't away. use it at the same time. Oh, God. No, no. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Give us a call now if you'd like to ask Sabrina a question this morning. We'll have a special guest for you around about half past nine as well because you, you like to have friends with you when you're in Bunbury, don't you? Well, absolutely. I like to drag people off the street, well, in this case, underneath a rock. <laughs> and... Um, so uh, I've pulled him out. He, he likes to creep around in dark, sodden places at night time, collecting little critters. So uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep people. I'll keep people guessing. guessing okay. I haven't told them already be. a couple of times, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. We work well together. Andrew in Albany has been quick on the text. Sabby, he says, yes. "How do I get my six-year-old um, kiwi fruit plants to fruit? The male plants flower, but not the female." 
Ah, well, perhaps uh, some nice music, a bit of flowers at the end of the line. Um, I think <laughs> I think they prefer Mendelssohn. Do they? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Kiwi Freak go for Mendelssohn. Um, okay, so that could be just either a maturity thing because, you know, boys are always quick off the mark, want to jump the oh. gun that kind of thing. Um, so it could be just a mature. The girls were a little bit shy of flowering. It could be seasonal or it could be nutrients or it could be time. Okay. Timing. So I would be giving those kiwi fruit, the girls in particular, a foliar spray with a, a liquid uh, nutrient, liquid trace elements. Okay, let's welcome Jackie to the program from Armadale. Hi there. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Sabrina. Thanks for listening to me. Um, I have a golden shower tree at our front. It's been in our grounds for probably around about eight to ten years. Yeah. Um, It's been doing absolutely amazingly, but just at the end of summer last year, half of it decided to... uh, die a little bit. Um, mm. uh, the, the actual new growth of the uh, tree is looking a little bit stunted as well, the new leaves. Yeah. Now, I've seen that all around uh, Perth in the last three years with the golden shower tree. I actually think it's a reaction to uh, climate and oh. also to the soil type. So... So that particular, the golden shower comes from, it's a tropical tropical tree, so it likes really good rich soil but also high summer rainfall. And we did get rainfall this summer. Yeah. But the other thing is it does not like alkaline soils. And Armadale's not too bad because you've got heavier soils there. But um, so... What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to treat the tree. So you need to prune off all the dead wood. Yeah. And then you're going to have to inject the tree. Now, it depends whether it's anthracnose or not. So the first thing that I would do is to um, inject it with the same stuff that they use for dieback. Yep. And spray all the foliage. And see if that makes a difference. The other thing you need to do is you've got to get uh, trace elements into the ground and on the foliage. Yep. So okay. you'll need a foliar spray. Yeah. I mean, this is a v- an advanced. Yeah. How do you get it up into the canopy of the tree? No, no. Well, you can use it as uh, you can um, get it in a click on and just hose it into the ground. Oh. You'll, you'll be able to get some of it to the lower levels of the foliage, yeah. particularly now it's shooting out in spring. Oh. So with all those sorts of things, the best time to do it is in springtime when they're, you know, when they're rapidly shooting out their new leaves. Yeah, okay. Mm. Do they have a vigorous root system? It's only, well, not really, no. They're not a very big, I mean, they're a broad tree, but they're not a very big tree. Yeah, yeah. So... so um, is it likely that it could die? Yes, it is likely it could die. Oh. Sorry, Jackie. She does mm. throw those in every now and then. But it's worthwhile trying. If if you inject it and treat it, you're probably going to save it. Okay. 
Best of luck, Jackie. I know it's not great news, but hopefully you've got some tools there to try and um, help your golden shower tree. Yeah. Um, we're, we're going to Ballsbrook now. Uh, welcome, Barry. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good day, Barry. Barry. Um, Sabrina, I just wanted to ask uh, in regards to spraying onion weed. Ah, yes. Good luck. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it better to um, spray a pre-emergent or is there another chemical or product that you could recommend uh, rather than just burning the tops off? Um, now, it depends in terms of pre-emergent. It depends where where's the onion weed. Right, it's just, it, it's nowhere near water, nowhere near dams, anything like that. Right. Um, um, yeah, so it's well away from any, any, where any animals are feeding or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Is it a large area, Barry? Uh, uh, Large-ish area? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if pre-emergence work with furungian weed. Yeah. I'd, I, I have... I don't know of any herbicide, pre-emergence herbicide for onion weed. See, the big problem is, is that bulb that's down below. Yeah, and I thought there might be something that, that, that would, the leaf would sit down in the leaf and, and just destroy the bulb. Yeah, not that I know of. Or am I, it's, am I um, being too logical? Um, well, uh, I think I, optimistic would be the uh, the <laughs> term that I would use, but um, I... I th- I think you're better off actually attacking it when it's when it's sort of as, when it's got its leaves on. Yep. But um, I've just I've conferred with the brain trust here. We've got uh, we've got Johnny Profumo in the in the Johnny slap a pair of headphones on and grab a microphone. I love that he wasn't supposed to be on till half past nine, I know, but he's just so helpful that he's part of it. Hello, Johnny. Good morning, Di. <laughs> Can you hear him? Not really. Yep. We need to get his microphone. Um, uh, okay, fixed up. Um, we're just. Uh, which one are you? This is the joys of uh, yeah, remote. That's rem- right. <laughs> remote broadcast. Try it. Can you hear me? Go. Yeah, we can hear you. Do yeah. you have some okay. advice for Barry, Johnny? Yeah, I don't know if it's a brand name, but metsulfuron uh, is used widely for bulbs. What was it called? Sorry. Uh, what was that? Sorry. Metsulfuron. Uh, I'm going to ask a second question. Do you know how to spell that, please? Okay. Yep. M E T. Yep. S U L F U R E N. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good luck, Barry. Hope that helps you this morning. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, now, Johnny Profumo is with us and will be with us for, for a little while on Roots and Shoots today. The Frog Doctor, as he's known as. How are you, Johnny? I'm well. Great I'm to well. have you back on the program. I'm sad you're not in my studio, though, all the way down yeah. in, in cold Bunbury, uh, which is why I thought I'd take you to Pilbara, you two, to warm up. Oh, um, yes. Hello to you, Richard. Hello. Hello, Richard. How things? Well, pretty cold down here. Be beautiful <laughs> up where you are, though. It's certainly not a cloud in the sky. Uh, I think uh, I think Johnny's spent a bit of time up in the Pilbara creeping around the ground. Sure have you, have. Johnny? Yeah. 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 Mm. I ran a uh, community nursery up there, actually. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, what would you like um, to know, Richard? Okay, so my problem is I've got a property down in uh, south of uh, Bustledon and I've got an orchard and then it's got two... 20-year-old macadonian trees won't fruit. Ah. Yeah. Do you know if they're integrifolia or the other one I've completely forgotten the name of? <laughs> no. So, so how, how old are they again, Richard? 20, probably 20 years plus. Well, that's unusual because macadamias do quite well down the southwest. 
Um, yeah. And there's some big macadamia farms down here. Yeah. So, uh, are they getting summer water? Yes, plenty of irrigation. Yep. Um, have you done a soil test? No. Now, this is the thing, you see, with stuff that's um, anything that's that's fruiting um, that is from a tropical climate, like macadamias are, yeah. sometimes the, there's just not enough uh, minerals for them to go gangbusters and set fruit. The orchardists use a uh, – there's a, a calcium-based spray that you can get which brings on fruit set. Okay. So you might try that. Um, but they should, because they start fruiting after about five or six years. So, yeah, not uh, at all. Yeah, and, and the you bought is, them. Is, um, that's in an orchard, um, there's 80 orange trees and probably 10 grapefruits. So, no. No, 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 no. Macadamias have a, a very deep, intensive root system. Okay. Okay, well, I think you need to get then. a soil test done, Richard, yep. and just find out what's lacking in the soil. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, and Richard. And then if they're still a dud, you can actually graft them. Okay. Good luck right. with that. Thanks for being part of the program today. Lovely to talk to you. Um, <laughs> Sabrina, Matt on text just wanted mm-hmm. to say well done for getting through the golden shower question without a giggle or a hint of <laughs> you innuendo. Matt, I'm a professional. I think if we, the two of us were together, oh, see, this, could is, be worse. this is why they separated from I time know, to time. And Johnny didn't even hit. Nary a uh, little smirk came on his no, face. No, so. straight over. No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it's 18 minutes past nine. You're on Roots and Shoots this morning. Sabrina Hahn and Johnny Profumo with us in our Bunbury studio taking your calls 1300 222 720 or text 0437 Steve in Duncraig. Good morning. How can we help? G'day uh, Sabrina. Thanks for taking the call. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm, she a, very, do anything, I'm a kind Steve. person. No, that's exactly... I don't even have to press a button <laughs> down here. I'm mindful of your comment last week about no more citrus questions, but you did say last week now was a good time to uh, prune a lemon tree. Yes. What about native trees? We're just moving back into our property in Duncraig. It's been left for about three or four years and everything's yeah. pre overgrown. Yep. Yes or no? Is it a good yes, time? Yes, 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 yes. Right. This weekend, hook into it. Excellent. No, Get out, yeah. today. It'll have to be next week. Oh, well, that's okay then. <laughs> no, it's a great time of the year because, um, you know, we've had lots of rain and all the native plants are going gangbusters. So uh, we've still got moisture in the soil, which is a marvellous and wondrous thing. And uh, so, yep, that'll be next weekend for you done. Excellent. Thanks very much. Okay, Thanks, Steve. Steve. Good luck with Bye-bye. the golf. You know, some Bye-bye. people do say it's a good uh, a walk ruined, but, you know, each to their <laughs> own. It depends, depends how good you are at it. I played golf once. I, I know I've played golf twice. Have you? The, the first time was at a winery and it was only what? a three-hole golf course. That's not golf. That's well, mini putt-putt. That was my first <laughs> golf game. And then the second time I went to a proper golf club Yes, with proper golf things. And clubs. Clubs and yep. people that played a bit of golf. Anyway, I was bored to death after the first four <laughs> But they weren't singies. because they were with you. So. No, that's true. So <laughs> I said, well, I've had enough of that now. I've, I've played golf. Can we just go somewhere else? Oh, that's no. hilarious. Let's go back to the bar. Is that what yeah. you were suggesting? <laughs> <laughs> but are you a golfer, Johnny? 
Oh, no, I did. I'm not a golfer. I got invited once. I didn't get invited back. <laughs> you two <laughs> together, honestly. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what could happen in the next 40 minutes down there. Uh, now, Andrew in Dawesville wants to know, will the mezzo stuff work that we were mm-hmm. talking about uh, earlier? Metz, mezzo furin. That's it. On, mm-hmm. on Oxalis? Is ox- Oxalis. Oxalis, maybe, yes. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. you could use other stuff on, the, on Oxalis. What could you use? Roundup, just yep, glyphosate. Yeah. glyphosate. Okay, mm. yeah. sorry, <laughs> no product names, Johnny. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're weary of that. Foot and mouth disease. Oh, it's all good. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. I try. I now this is where I can use a product name. Okay, because is, is it your book again? Your, no, 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 oh, no, no. I haven't had. I haven't had too many citrus questions to flog that yet. <laughs> um, you know, if there's a product that is the only one of its kind. Like slasher, which is made from pelagonic yeah, I was acid. I going to say that, yeah. So it's, slasher is well. not a herbicide. It is a weed killer and it's non-selective. So whatever you spray it on is going to cark it and it works better in from spring right through to autumn um, and it actually burns all the leaves. Right. So you have to actually spray it when it's sunlight. Yeah, and, just, yeah. Yeah, and not it. raining. Not raining. Yeah. Or you get your little Bunsen burner out yeah. and you burn them. So spray it in the morning. Yes. Yeah. And the heat of the day gets into it. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, now, you've been asked to repeat the treatment for onion weed, if they can. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so because onion... Now, the problem with onion weed has a very shiny leaf, so whatever you put on it just rolls off. That's part of the problem. I don't know. Would fusillade work on... It's, is it a grass? No, it's not a grass, is it? No, because mm. it flowers. Definitely I don't, I don't reckon it will. It's not, not the Poaceae family. So, mm. That's what um, I was thinking. Yeah, that's, I could tell that you were thinking <laughs> that, Di. Um, so, melt sulfurin, you, you've got to be, you've got to wear all the gear. Yeah. And you'd have mm. to follow the instructions that are written on the bottle, fellas. Eh? There's a, like if, you, if you turn the bottle around, you'll see there's writing on there. It's not hieroglyphics. <laughs> it's not in another language. It's actually in English and it might do you well just to read that. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But what I would do is I would use a sticker with it, so some kind of oil because it has to stick to the leaf rather than roll off. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I hope that mm-hmm. helps. There's a few people um, just not sure of what it was that you were talking about. Um, Dennis in Rollystone, how can Sabrina help? Oh, good morning, ladies. Hello. Top of the morning to you, Dennis. Well, I'm really enjoying the sunshine overlooking the Araluan Valley at this very minute. Oh, oh. that you're in it. And um, speaking of Araluan, you'll be there on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. We will indeed. We're looking uh-huh. forward to it. Fantastic. Yeah, um, slim. And Jillo and myself are all popping up there. And we Eric have a crumb as well. And Eric, I oh, love Eric. Eric, Eric is of the fleet. Yeah, we love Eric to death. Yeah, he's gorgeous. Yeah, now, I've got a twenty-year-old beautiful black English mulberry tree, and I want to strike some cuttings from it. Ripper. So how, when, and where? I mean, it's totally dormant at the moment. Do I yeah. start now? Yes. Now they're tricky little sausages to strike, and. I don't know why this works, but I'm going to tell you what to do. And I got this from the marvellous Peter Coppen, who is the fruit tree guru. Uh-huh. Um, so take your cuttings now when it's dormant, but then take some more cuttings in summer as well. So the cuttings need to be about 
40 centimetres long, 40 to 50 centimetres long. Mm-hmm. You don't want the new wood. You want to go down to the hard, semi-hardwood. Right. And then you're going to put them in like a long trench thing where you bury 50% of the cutting, but you put the cutting in on a 45-degree angle. 45 degrees, right. It's bizarre, I know. And when Pete told me, I thought, well, that's I don't understand why that happens. Anyway, I did a controlled experiment, and the ones that I just shoved in sort of straight up and down didn't work. The ones on the angle did. Wow. There you go. So how do you discover that? That's just mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now in summertime, you need to come down, you need to take cuttings 30, that are only 30, between 25 and 30 centimetres long mm-hmm. and do the same thing. And, and you leave them there until they... How do you know when they strike and when do you dig them back up again? Well, you'll get growth. So you've got to leave them in there until you see leaves that are budding up Uh but fully opening. Okay. And then you can dig them up and plant them. And and they'll uh, fruit just as effectively as a parent tree? Oh, God, yeah. It's exactly Uh the same. Genetically exactly the same. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Great, Dennis. My pleasure, Dennis. Have a wonderful day and I'll look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. We're looking forward to that. Thank you. It's 26 past nine. We'll be back very shortly with some more of your calls and lots of texts as well. It's finals time on Grandstand WAFL. The kick was pretty good off the boot. It's a wonderful kick. Coming up today from two, South Fremantle host Peel Thunder in the qualifying final. Allard on the verse from 35. It's a fantastic goal. And tomorrow, no second chances for Swan Districts or West Perth when they go head-to-head in the Eliminator. They are facing one mighty challenge. Live on ABC Radio Perth and WA and on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is Roots and Shoots, gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. And now, here she is, Sabrina Hull! All, all the way from Bunbury today with Johnny Profumo, the frog doctor, Hello. with us as well. <laughs> Hello, Johnny. Hello. <laughs> if you have uh, any particular questions for Johnny, uh, make sure that you get them in today, one three hundred triple two seven twenty, or text 0437 uh, Annette and Ian in Soldier Point, Sabrina, they saw on Gardening Australia recently there was a segment that talked about using pine needles as mulch and they were interested yeah. in your thoughts on that. Yeah, pine needles are great because they're, if you live in alkaline soil, um, pine needles uh, drop the pH because they're acid. So if you've got acid-loving plants, pine needles are superb. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. Jackie says she's looking at buying an avocado tree and a pecan nut tree to grow mm. in large pots. Bad idea, question mark. Lives in uh, Joondalup. Look, the avocado, if she gets the dwarf, the semi-dwarf has... Um, avocado or the dwarf Wurtz, W-U-R-T-Z, they will grow well in a, in a pot. You haven't got a hope in hell with a pecan. They send a taproot down about 100 metres and they're a tree that gets to 25 metres high. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that, that, um, those avocados in the pots, they're self-pollinating. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. so you only ah, need the one. Okay, yep. that's yeah. clever. Yeah. So they, are they designed for that? 
Yes, they've right. been specially bred. Okay, I like mm. it when that happens. A bit like myself. Yeah, you specially have been bred. specially bred. <laughs> Should and see that... a suntan. Oh, is it she's good? Got a suntan. Is yeah. It yeah, she's sprouting. <laughs> see, the reason red. why she has a suntan, if you just tuned in, is because she's a little bit like red gum, and she can sort of, you know, say this after the last week. Can't you, Sabi? I can. Yeah, she's been to Bali. Yeah. She's had a lovely time. Oh, and so, um, so much sad work. to be back in Cold Buttery by the sound of it. I know. I just I died when I got off the plane because <laughs> I was in my little sun hat and a pair of shorts. Now, we have um, – I love it when our listeners come to our, our rescue mm-hmm. um, because we've been talking about onion weed. Yes. Uh, a few people wanting to know how on earth to combat it. Darren's in Beverly. He's a farmer and he has some tips. Hello, Darren. Good on you, Darren. How you going, Sabrina? Yeah, jolly good. Are you going to shed some light on our onion weed? Yeah, you're talking about Cape Tulip, aren't you? Well, no. You see, mm. this is the problem with common names. So Cape Tulip with the pink flower is yeah. a different thing altogether. So onion weed has the little white flower. Yeah. Now, it still has a bulb up. Oh, yes, it does. It does have a bulb. Yeah, well, the, when the, the corms are forming, that's yeah. when you should be spraying it. Ah. And you alloy, which is misulfurin. Yeah, yeah. The trouble with that, well, you don't, no spray, it says spray oil is not recommended in my chemical Bible. Right. Um, but the, and your plant back's about nine months, so you, you can't plant anything else there, it won't grow. Oh. But if you use 2,4-D uh, ester. Yeah. That's, that, that's what you want. Right. gram. Now, is that, I think that might be, that's obviously a broad acre chemical. You can get it. You can? Yeah, it's a group one chemical. Oh, it's a group one. Okay, Mm. all right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And it's like 800 mils to the hectare, but if you're spraying (laughs) both three space spray around, (laughs) about 50 litres to the hectare. Yeah, okay. All right. And, um... Yeah, and you don't need no no adjuvant, so you don't need any wet or anything. But just oh, don't, okay. spray, don't, don't spray it near rose bushes because it'll nail them. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Because sure I uh, I I go to a lot of country areas, Darren, and I always know when I go into the house garden. Uh, when I see really strange growth on rose bushes, I do say, I say to the wife, hmm, I think there might have been a bit of spray drift. And she said, no, my husband assures me he hasn't been anywhere near the home paddy. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like, like, like my dad when he prunes that mum says, can you prune the tree? He, he doesn't like going up ladders, so he just starts from the bottom and works his way up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, Darren, thanks for, thanks for being part of the show today. Oh, they, they're, they're a different breed. <laughs> they are indeed. They but are I love indeed. them. They're some yeah, of my favourite breeds. Absolutely. Yeah. Rick on text, Johnny, says he has a frog in his front garden. It's light green. Seems different to the motorboat frogs in his pond. Could it be another type? Sure. It's um, probably a um, little slender tree frog. Aww. They're the preferred ones for the garden if you have to have a... Um, yeah. See, yeah. we, we, we ooh and are because we want to be slender, so we feel <laughs> like, you know, if we're in tune with the slender tree frog, then maybe some of it will rub off on us, Johnny. I'd like to be able to flick my tongue out and eat flies. <laughs> I reckon it would be so cool. Oh, my Lord, woman. <laughs> or dragonflies. Or... How good would that I be? Don't, I don't know. They don't... Like those two Mexican little... Remember the frogs? Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were cool. Deborah has a pruning uh, question. G'day, Deborah. 
Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Sabrina. I, I hope I haven't killed my magnificent Fuyu fruit. Um, I've had these trees for, oh, I don't know, since the 80s sometime. Yeah. The magnificent persimmon. Yeah. Fruiting brilliantly. Yeah. Um, but because the emus here just jump up from a standing start and gobble everything whole, Do we they? netted them. And wow. um, anyway, they grew too big and so we've taken them right down, but I mean mm. right down. Mm. Um, there's one or two trees that are left with a tiny little bit of, you know, a little tiny bit of growth. Yeah. I'm just hoping that these things are going to shoot again. Look, I have seen persimmons absolutely annihilated in Spain where they have pruned them back to, like, the way blokes prune lemon trees. Well, this is is exactly what it looks like. Yeah, and they've had no problem. They've come back. Because I've seen, <laughs> I was at one place and I said, what was that tree? <gasps> Thinking it was dead. And they said, oh, no, that's the, they call them persimmons. Yeah. That was a persimmon and we do that with them about every eight to ten years. Oh, and I went, fantastic. oh, well. <laughs> okay. well. That's good to know. So here's, yeah. Obviously I'm not going to get any fruit this next season. Uh, most that's definitely that. not. In fact, Deborah, you might miss two years of fruit. Yeah. But um, well, And that's amazing. Is. I had no idea that emus ate persimmons. Wow. Yeah. From a standing start, jump straight up, pluck them off and gobble them whole. That's um, incredible. Oh, that would look, actually look amazing. I'm sorry for your persimmons, but yes. that, <laughs> I imagine it's quite a sight, Deborah. It's horrible. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> I tell you what, they'd be nice eating emu, though. <laughs> I love emu. I think it's a beautiful meat. I don't think I've tried it. It's a really nice what, meat. It tastes like chicken, like everything else? No, nah, it doesn't taste anything like chicken. What does it it's taste quite like a dark it's a meat. It's different, different colour, yeah. Yeah, it's a very dark colour. So, yeah. more gamey? No. No? No, I Got its own taste. It ga- it's strong. It's much, much stronger than chicken. has mm. an entirely different... Tastes like emu. Are you suggesting that Deborah should be putting her emus on her plate? Well, you know, I reckon if I reckon they're... I I should. Yeah, they're eating my persimmon. It's, exactly. it's the circle of life, Deborah. <laughs> 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 <Wow>. <laughs> Thanks, Deborah. Good to talk to you this morning. Uh, I think I think Johnny's got a little something for us. Okay. Oh, have you? Let's this see is, if... This oh, is for the caller. Yep. Now, this is your For little Rick? slender... Yep, Rick. This is your little slender tree frog, and it's calling right now. Um, if it's not calling, it's it's a female. Oh. So the females grow bigger than the males. They only grow about four or five So not so slender. <laughs> yeah. The well, females they are slender. Are little. Have a look at a picture of them, the slender tree frog. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm going to look them up in just a minute. I like, I like their yeah. call as well. Mm. Um, on text, this... I'm not sure who has sent this in, but huge... Plant backs on malts of sulfurin. How am I saying it? Met- metsulfurin, mm-hmm. what we mm-hmm. were talking about, onion mm-hmm. weed. Mm-hmm. Heavy amounts of lime work over a few years. Onion grass doesn't like a higher pH, apparently. Mm. Ah, well, see, that's a good thing. So, obviously, if you've got lo- lots of onion, that's an indication of what you've and weeds do that. They'll tell yeah. you what your soil type is, whether there's lack of nutrients because certain weeds thrive in certain mm, soils. Yeah. Mm. But if you have a very high pH soil, it's probably not good for everything else in your garden. No. Tina um, in Netherlands wants to know, she's got a very old, lovely fig tree, but it's got scale. How does she treat it in a way that makes it safe for us to feel, um, to eat the figs when they arrive? Great question. Um, so, well done, Tina. Good on you, Tina. Um, So this is the perfect time of the year to spray because most of the figs are only just budding up now 
And so the scale is exposed, as it were, to um, the elements, whether that be birds plucking them off or wasps um, (laughs) putting little eggs inside them. Was that you pretending to be a frog that's like... (laughs) That was me pretending to be a wasp. Oh, a wasp. Um, Now, there is a botanical oil that you can spray for scale. And it's made out of eucalyptus and melaleuca oil and it is completely safe. There is no withholding period. You can spray your tree and tuck into your fruit. Well, they're not fruiting yet anyway. Um, so I would go for the, for the um, botanical oil that's organic. Now spray it once and then spray it again in 10 to 12 days' time to break the life cycle because the first spray will kill the, the mamas and the papas, but they've got all the little babies under there ready to rock and roll. Ah, Is there good. any time of day that's recommended? You well, you well this time of the year you do it in the morning. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. It's, I'm just thinking about that question you had about phosphite. Mm. Mm. Well, the dieback um, preventative stuff, mm. and that's the, that's the same thing. If you need to spray it between the temperatures of 18 and probably 28 degrees, mm. and start, do it in the morning. Because mm. and also, if you if you inject on the sunny side of the plant, so the eastern side, it'll take it up quicker than mm. the western side. Because plants are clever. They are. How do I they know? That. They're just magic, aren't they? Um, now, uh, I mentioned just at the, the start of the show before we had you hooked up, Sabrina, uh, that the Churchlands High School garden event is next weekend. Tanya is with us. You can give us a, a couple of details quickly, Tanya. Good morning, guys. Um, thank you. Yes, well, it's on next Saturday from 8 till 3. Um, there's lots of garden goodies and things that you can um, pre-purchase if you go to our website, but on the day... We've got over 30 stalls. It's going to be like a bit of a mini um, garden show, really. So much information, free grow talks, lots of prizes and spot prizes. Um, yeah, music and food and it's just it's going to be fantastic. Is so that a fundraiser for the school, Tanya? It's basically a fundraiser for the school, but also just a community event, you know, somewhere oh, people great. can come yeah, and meet and very cool. hang out and mm. learn something. And, yeah, you know, I love that. It's not just a fundraiser. Well, best you know. of luck with it. I think uh, moving forward, that's, I know, uh, the primary school that my kids go to, um, you know, that the events that they hold now are as much about having the community who may not have anything to do with the school come and be part of it yeah, as definitely. anything else. And I think that's a really important thing for us now. I mean, we used to have the school fate that was massive. And you know you would you would go to that every year, regardless of whether you had kids or, or not. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's really it's really good to have the school doors open, and um, the kids are usually involved in some way and asking you for, for something. Um, Les has a frog question this morning for you, Johnny. G'day, Les. Morning, uh, Les. How you going? What would you like to know, Johnny? Um, at the moment, you know, uh, springtime snakes are moving around when we get a bit of sunshine. There's a lot of frogs about, so. How does the, uh, or what call does the frog make when, um, uh, to warn its mates if it's going to get gobbled up? Run, yeah. Cyril, run! <laughs> it's a really high-pitched scream. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I've heard frogs squeal when mongrel bloody cats catch them and eat them. Yeah. Is that the warning sign to the other frogs? Yes. And oh, right. you get some frogs that are 
more squealers than others. Oh. And so when you go, especially the moaning frogs, when you go near them, you can just put your hand near them and they'll go, <laughs> and you take your hand away and they'll, they'll react to it. They're all different. But, yeah, they have this high-pitched noise um, that they make and that's just, I'll take a hit for the team, guys. Oh. And, uh, Thank you very yeah. much. Have well, you heard that, Les? Interesting. No, I haven't. No. That's, uh, very interesting. So yeah. I'll keep an eye, an ear out, and... Uh, when I know that that's happening, I can I can visualise as a snake. You can run, Cyril, run yourself <laughs> and get out of the way. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks. thanks, Les. Appreciate you calling in this morning. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. Sorry, Sab. Speaking of community gardens, part of the reason I've got the little creeper, and that's it, as in <laughs> that's not. More. Not, oh, creep, right. <laughs> not creepy, but creeper, yes. uh, Johnny, is um, he's quite involved with the Lashnock Community Nursery down here, which is a totally community-run nursery because we're just talking about communities. Mm. And, of course, they specialise in all the plants that we need to create habitat for birds and frogs and lizards and insects, e- insects in particular, beneficial insects. But he's brought in some plants. What a shame there's oh. none for you, darling. Come on. I should see, darling. We're just Johnny, teasing you. You're so mean. There's a, there's... Need to send some back with her, then. <laughs> no. no. You so, reckon they're going to make no. it into the studio? No, it'd be like a case of wine. That wouldn't make it either. I'll take a photo for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. There's, what have um, you got? Well, there's there's a blue Lashinoltia that just about blows mm. your entire eyeballs out. Which Lashinoltia is that one, Johnny? That's a Lobo. Lobo. Biloba. Biloba. Mm. Yeah, um, but I guess the, the the bigger picture of these community nurseries is, um, as was explained to me by John Whitelaw, the, one of the board members, it's like a social enterprise, mm. and and it does um, it does a lot for the community when regard to you know. It's like a men's shed. It's like a Sheila's shed. Yeah, yep. it's it's like a or a ladies' kind of lounge. Um, it, it and and it's a real. Melting melting point for people that have got social issues or mental issues. They've they come in and they will, you know, that they've got skills in certain areas. Some people are ex tradies. They'll come in and they'll weld up benches, and then there's morning teas at ten o'clock, and they all get together, uh, and there's just there's banter going on, mm. and people have lots of experience in their lives and they need to they they contribute towards the outcome of producing these plants mm. and some people are good at accounts so they run the accounts and uh, I've as I said I've been doing a fair bit of stuff with the Leshnock Community Nursery and the product is these plants and um, when you walk in you're greeted by volunteers uh, people that are really passionate not only about plants but just passionate about you know keeping the windows clean and mm. just <laughs> and being part of a community and see that's i mean all the research that's done now in terms of how we stay mentally healthy and how we continue to be happy throughout our lives it, all of it suggests that that's what exactly what we need johnny what you're describing there and i think it's great that you know you can be involved in something like that but you don't necessarily have to be the plant guru you know yes. that, that opens it up for people in so many ways and as you say it's it becomes the, a meeting place a chance to catch up have people check in on you you know just have a different perspective in your life yeah yeah I, every day you go there there's somebody different that's come in that either might have a disability mm. mentally or physically 
but they are just they have jobs allotted to them mm. and they love those jobs mm. uh, and it's such a great country that we can provide such things. And yeah. if somebody was listening and they were thinking, I'd love to start something like that myself in my community, you got any tips of how they might do that? Well, as in starting their own community yeah. nursery or program, etc. Um, there's there are protocols involved, you know, incorporating the body, etc. Uh, I would say to talk to there are government organisations that help set up community organisations. Um, I reckon I reckon getting in contact with ones that are already up and running would be mm. enormously helpful. Because mm. the thing about those community groups is they are so willing to share their knowledge and how they've done it and what they've found successful and what hasn't been successful. They're really willing to share that with other people. So, you know, I think if anyone is interested, if you get in contact with a with a community nursery that's already running, then mm. they'd, they'd be able to point you in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. It's always great to get uh, advice from people who've done it already yeah. and then you can just copy what they do and what didn't work. Yeah, um, yeah. Johnny, another Johnny is with us. Um, ah. He saw you in Nanup, uh, Sabby, but apparently got so wound up in what you were saying, forgot to ask you a question. Hello, Johnny. <laughs> Hi, Sabrina. How are you going? Yeah, good. I was down in Nunnup a couple of weeks ago, and uh, your talk was very interesting. I, I was fascinated by uh, plants being able to communicate underground. Yeah, absolutely. There's all sorts of chemical signals mm. that plants share with each other underneath the soil. Now, this is not the question. My question is, uh, a fair few years ago in Hay Street, there always used to be Men and women selling baronia. Oh, I remember mm. that. Yep. Can't find it anymore. No, because uh, a lot of the wetlands have been bulldozed. That's one of the reasons. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, the other thing is climate change, Johnny. So, you know, uh, that the baronia megastigma, that's the yeah. brown, highly perfumed baronia. Yeah, Does, is, it native, is it native to WA? Yeah, mm. yeah, it's native mm. to the southwest. Oh. Um, so a lot of the areas where that particular baronia grew uh, now have houses and, and development oh. on them. The other thing is people used to pick them. <laughs> people would go out and pick them all the time. So... Yeah. So they haven't had the opportunity to uh, revegetate, but um, but I remember that it used to be the stalls near the post office, right in Forest Place, and there'd be just buckets and wow. buckets of that beautiful yeah, brown baronia. Yeah, and the, the perfume was just incredible. Oh, mm. uh, does mm. the does the Lashnot Community yes. Nursery grow it? Yes, yes. Ah. I've got some in the car, actually. Ah. And it's got this beautiful oh. perfume. I couldn't yeah. bring it today. It's yeah. bring it in, but it's... Um, <laughs> I'm going to knock her out. Can, can, you buy, can you buy plants then here in WA? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Baronia Megastigma, yep. Yeah. Uh, will it grow up here in Perth? Uh, only in a pot and you would treat it as an annual. Okay. It has really specific growing requirements, that brown baronia. Yeah, you wouldn't want to put it in the direct sun. No, no. Um, and it needs to be moist. It needs uh, peaty soil, um, you know, sort of wetland stuff. Oh, slightly, dear. Oh, dear. Slightly <laughs> I grow it every year, Johnny, and I grow it in a pot. Yeah, grow it in a pot yeah, well, and put it near you. are not that green. Uh, <laughs> Neither am I. Get, get native plant mix, get slow-release fertiliser, 
put it in a pot where you'll smell the perfume. It's like, for me, it's like a long-lasting bunch of cut flowers. Yeah. It's bloody beautiful. Put, put it near your front door and when people come in, they'll brush against mm. it or smell it as they walk in. It's yeah. a very, very subtle mm. scent. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's just a welcoming plant. Yeah, that sounds nice. Johnny, give mm. that a go. Um, hope that helps this morning. Um, we're going to go to Andrew. He hasn't been part of the program before, so welcome, Andrew. Ah, we like uh, it hello. when we have newcomers, Andrew. Uh, thank you. Um, I've got a question, and good morning, sorry. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's okay, that's Andrew. All right. <laughs> um, I plant it, it's been planted for three years now. It's grown up quite a bit. I've crept it. I've got a line. That goes up about two metres and then across about six and then back on itself again. Yeah. It's in a 400 wide, 600 deep by 1.2 metre long pot. Yeah. Um, first question is, should I be pruning it now uh, to promote growth um, and how far should I prune it? Uh, so, so because I was reading things, um, I forgot what you told me it was. <laughs> wisteria. Oh, wisteria. Okay. Now... Uh, with a wisteria, I wouldn't prune it at all for the first five years. Okay. So, and then if you do prune it, you've got to prune it around February. Okay. And should I be worried that it hasn't flowered? Or... No, not no. at all. Not okay. at all. So that should come after the five years? Yep. Uh, you should get flowers within three or four years. Okay. So yep. maybe start planting this year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And make sure that you've, you know, it's got all the um, trace elements. What do you mean by that? Yes, come on, Sabrina. <laughs> okay, so you've got to make sure it's not just nitrogen, yeah. phosphorus and potassium. Yeah. It needs all the other stuff. So potassium is very important, but unless you've got calcium and yeah, magnesium, iron. Mag- iron yeah. So you're scaring Andrew. What is he going to do? So, <laughs> Andrew, do? go and get a fertiliser that has all the minerals in it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I planted it with. Yep. I planted it with a good, yeah, good fertilizer. Perfect. Good that's it. That's all you need to do, my friend. And then, sorry, I don't know if I can ask a quick second. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a um, flowering plum, just yeah. uh, not a double flower, just a single flower yeah. variant. Yep. Um, that's been planted for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, should I? Do I need to? Can I prune that? Promote growth, or should I just yep. let that go by itself? Yep, but don't prune it now because you're going to prune off all its flowers. Yeah, yeah, it starts to flower now, yeah. Yeah, so you prune, the, the time to prune that is at the end of spring when it finishes flowering, and you yep. prune it, you take out whole branches so that you prune it to the shape that you want. Don't be tempted to just cut the top off by a third or a half. You leave some of them really long and then you take out other branches so you get a really beautiful, shaped, balanced tree. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Great, Andrew. Cool. Lovely to hear from you and hope we'll call again another uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Ian. You're on uh, Roots and Shoots, ABC Radio, Perth, Sabrina Hahn and Johnny Profumo with us in our Bunbury studios back in just a second with more of your calls. This week on Landline, bioreactors. Could they be the next big step in combating a major form of agricultural pollution? One of our biggest jobs to protect the reef is to reduce uh, nitrogen runoff, largely from agriculture. And cane growers coming back from tropical cyclone Debbie. Financially, we'll be looking at least 10 years to get back on top. That's Landline, noon Sunday on ABC TV.
coming up to seven minutes away from 10. Uh, Phoebe is with us this morning. Now, Phoebe, you're just 13. Welcome to the show. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you too. What would you like to know? It's about frogs at your place. Yeah. So um, we have frogs living in our pool at the moment because all through winter we didn't have the pump on, so it's gone all green and yucky. Oh, and they love that. Yeah. So... And it, we, we've got a frog now at the moment because we took rescued it just then. Is and that the just, one you've sent in? No. Uh, yeah. You sent in a picture of it and it's sort of green spottled. That one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Johnny, what sort of frog is it that she sent oh, in? Where are you? Where are you again, Phoebe? What Wearing suburb? Yanjabup. Yanjabup. Yep, that'll be, a, that'll be... I'll put it on right now. It's this one. Is that what it does? does uh, it... <laughs> we actually haven't heard it at all. Ah. Yeah, it'll start to call. It's called a motorbike frog. So it's in your. Are you worried about it because it's in your pool? Yeah. So we were just wondering because we we don't think they can get out. So we're uh. wondering if there's a way that we can help them to get yeah, in and you... out of the pool. Yeah, um, you can just get some shade cloth and okay. um, just lay the shade cloth so it goes it goes from the surface of the water to the to the edge over the edge. The, if, if they are motorbike frogs, they've got pads and they can um, they can actually get out, mm. uh, climb walls and. So just lay the them. shade cloth, a bit of the shade cloth, on the edge of the pool and then some into the water and then they yes. find their way up. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, and, and otherwise, just scoop the scoop them out uh, as many of them. But they are very—they're the most water-dependent frogs that we have. So, that they are the ones that can survive in that kind of. And if you do, if you do get them in your, and you've got a saltwater pool, and you find one, even at the bottom of the pool, you think it's dead. You actually put it in a bucket of water and let osmosis. Um, do its thing. Yeah, and take, take out, out the chlorine and the salt. Yeah, we yeah. we did that yesterday because yesterday we had three in our in our pool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, that's, that's so cool. Well, I hope that well helps, Phoebe. Hope, and thank you for yeah. calling in. Um, lovely thank to talk so to you much. today. <laughs> have, a, have a great Thanks, time Phoebe. with your frogs. And and there, I just saw a text die yes, uh, on squealing Katie. frogs. Oh, yeah. there's the squealing frogs one. Um, yes. I heard this one night. Went to investigate, and it was one frog eating another. Mm. She sprayed them with the hose, uh, and they both hopped away. So, yeah. were they were they um, having conjugal rights, or were they actually <laughs> eating each other, Johnny? <laughs> well, sometimes yeah, there's a fine line, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, that they will cannibalise. Any they're sight creatures, so anything that goes past their eyes, you know, two thirds the size, two thirds their size, they'll have a go at. Uh, so, you know, the motorbike frogs are probably the biggest defenders of that. And so people come to the workshops or come to a presentation and you you talk to them about all the other frogs that we've got, all the little crinias that grow to about two and a half centimetres and, you know, to a whopping four centimetres. And then you talk about the motorbike frog, which is about 100, 100, <laughs> 100 millimetres, you know, 10 centimetres. And you, you kind of do a comparison between... Ro- Robins, no, uh, you know, ravens and robins, and and just let people know that there are other frogs out there, uh, smaller ones that should be in higher numbers. And the problem is that we've we've love lots of water, which our country doesn't have, and and uh, so we've given this. 
big frog rights to keep on breeding because we love lots of free water and um, it's not a good thing because the big thing should be less in less numbers. Mm. Katie on text, Johnny, he says her eight-year-old son loves listening to you talk about frogs and wondered if ah. you're doing any information sessions anywhere that, that her son might be able to come along to. Um, well, yeah, I'll... If you're on Facebook, I'll um, let Sab know mm. and Sab can yeah. let people know. I'm, yeah, absolutely. I've been told I should have a Facebook page. <laughs> well, if you, you just it. keep in touch with <laughs> Thank um, you us the... through the program and we can let people know um, when you have things on. That would be fantastic. Let's Great. try and help Thanks. a couple of other people. Ian's in Duncray. Your question, Ian? Uh, good morning, Sabrina. Hi. G'day, uh, Ian. Quick question, please. I've um, salvaged some grapevine cuttings um, last year, put them in a pot, and we had some successful um, uh, budding of grapes last year. They've been put into the ground this year, but it's into gutless yellow soil in Duncraig. How do I best fertilise these vines in the ground, please? Okay, well, what you need to do is you need to get some good compost and some clay into that soil, even though they're already planted. I'd rotary hoe in compost and a bit of clay. Then you need to get minerals in there and some manure and good quality fertiliser and a wetting agent. You're going to have to do all that because in that gutless sand, if you just add fertiliser, it's going to do squat nothing because the plant roots will not be able to access the nutrients without all that microscopic fungi and bacteria in the soil. You have to build up the soil first. You know what I do? I've I've been doing... Get yourself those big black compost bins and get Mm. like two or three... So you've got one on the go all the time and put them directly where, you, where your production mm. plants are. Mm. And then so it takes no time at all to fill one of those up. You know, you put your kitchen scraps in there. Yep. If you've got chickens, put your chicken manure in there. Let, you, just, you want a good composition mm. of stuff. Make your own manure and, and, and then when it's time to, when it's done its trick, lift it up and then you just spread it around the base of the plant and then just move it on. And move it on. And even put some worms in there too, tiger worms, red wrigglers. Yep, works a treat. Ian, I hope that helps. Let's quickly help Sheila in Bindoon. G'day. Oh, good morning. Morning, Uh, Sheila. I have a couple of gerbers that have very short stem uh, on their flowers. Is there any way I can increase this? Yes, you can, Sheila. You need to prune them back really hard and you've got to start liquid fertilising them. So they're lacking in potassium and magnesium, I would say. Mm. So you go and get some foliar fertiliser and you start liquid fertilising them from now, but prune them right back first. Good luck with that, Sheila. Now, um, Sabrina and Johnny Profumo, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. From Pleasure. Bunbury, stay um, out of trouble. You well, I've just got to say okay. hello to the girls at the canteen, the Bunbury Aww. Catholic College. Christine, Jane, if you're listening, <laughs> love you, girls. Love Shout you, girlfriends. Out. Shout out. <laughs> we love you too. Great to speak to you. And um, we'll catch you at Araluan on Wednesday, Sabby. Will do. Thanks so much for your company today on Saturday Breakfast. All your songs this morning as well. I'll leave you now with Sports Talk. Have a great weekend. It's coming up to 10 o'clock.